Hey, Magic fans, Dante Marcatelli here from the Orlando Magic. You're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Paul, Garen, and Mikey. Go Magic! How's it going, Magic fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. This week, I'm joined firstly by the magical Mikey Clark. So how's it going in the uh, the Mikey kingdom down south? I'm, I'm doing well, mate. I've uh, been, been watching Home Alone and the Santa Claus today, getting ready for Christmas. Uh, yeah, all's good. Magic are on a four-game winning streak, which we're going to get into later. So uh, all is well in the Mikey kingdom, as you said. We're a little bit happier this week, aren't we? <laughs> Very. <laughs> Very um, happy. Yeah, I am. Second in nobody's eyes is the pride of Cardiff, Mr. Garant Jones. So how is it going down in Cardiff, mate? Yeah, it's go- going well, mate. Anytime you get W's, you just get a big smile, don't you? And everything's better. Food tastes bad, drink tastes bad, work isn't as bad. So, uh, no, it's all good. Other than the weather, minus seven when I went to the office yesterday. I had to... Uh, Defrost the car, so uh, it's Baltic. I feel actually, sorry for you, sat in an office all day <laughs> whilst I was working in a house with no heating yesterday. Honestly, I put a little lilt in there on your name as well to try and have a bit of Welsh pronunciation. I've been practising all day. Uh, that's good, man. Well done. Tried, I've tried. And we're also joined by a special guest from down under. It's the man behind Orlando Magic Player History, who won a lovely cap during this week's recent Hawks game. I'm not sure whether that's anything or not. We've got Orlando Magic <laughs> super fan. You might call him the Glide, but we call him Jay. So how is it down under? And firstly, what time is it? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's, be- it's before 8 o'clock in the morning here, so pretty early for me. I know it's pretty late for you guys, so we're pretty much on opposite time zones, but... Good to reconnect with you guys. Um, it's going to be a, a beautiful sunny day here. Definitely not minus seven for me in Australia. So I'm looking forward to that one. Well, as we, I've got to say, mate, on a morning you look better than I do because at this point I look like something out of a Hammer horror film, if you're familiar with them. So thank you for joining us. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, Franz Wagner. We're going to redraft the 2021 NBA draft because that's been a talking point this week. We're going to look at the new or the new NBA Player Awards. We're going to chat visiting Orlando from Australia. A little bit of top shot. And we're going to get to know Jay a bit better. And also, if you're uh, listening in, as we hope you are, we're going to have five winners announced at some point in today's pod, which we talked about last week. So keep listening for that. And before we go any further, we've got the affiliate plug. So, firstly, the new statement jersey is now live on NBA EU for pre-order. And the websites, this item will ship after Christmas now. We are being told the players available on this lovely jersey include Paolo Banquero, Franz Wagner, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, the one and only Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. Uh, you can customise this if you uh, like Paul Bacon. But it's up to you. Our affiliate code is MAGICUK10, which will get you 10% off your order. Um, the City jersey is also on there, so you can see that is currently behind me if you're watching. It's also available, so try and treat that Magic super fan with some Magic merchandise. If you'd also like to get something a little bit less NBA EU, and I hope they're not going to cut us off at this point. But head over to our online store, which is magicfansapparel.tmail.com for our own merchandise. 
Links will be in the description. And finally, you can help support the podcast simply by subscribing to our YouTube channel, which is Orlando Magic UK. If you've subscribed through another platform, it would really help us if you also hit the subscribe button on YouTube. We massively appreciate every single subscription. So thank you if you've done that already. So a little bit of magic news to start with, guys. Um, G, I'm going to come to you first on this, but since we last recorded, RJ Hampton has requested to go to the Lakeland Magic. So I'll start with you, G. Um, where do you stand on this? I like it myself. Um, to be honest, you know, RJ wasn't getting any minutes. Um, I don't think that's right myself. I think he's a better player than Kevon Harris, um, although, you know, Kevon brings that uh, sort of dog mentality and maybe that's what Coach Mosley wants. Uh, you know, he's a talent, talented individual, but he needs to be playing. He needs to be showcasing what he can do. Um, I know that he he went off for 24 points um, for the Lakeland uh, Ball Club last night in a 101-95 win over the Birmingham squadron. I don't know whose affiliate they are. Um, but I don't know. I think the writing's probably on the wall for him. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail, but obviously we didn't pick up his player option uh, on his rookie contract. and You rarely see that. So, you know, maybe he's not in management's plans, uh, but I wouldn't know who we, you know, get for him or what the plans are. So, um, luckily, there's a couple more people paid a bit more than me who know what they're actually doing. Hmm. Mikey, Jay, what was you, what was you out of this? You got any thoughts? Um, I actually went and watched a little bit of the game because I was interested to see how he did play. And um, we all had this idea that Rajay wanted to, he got himself sent to Summer League because he wanted to kind of go in there and sort of take over the game. Um, and that's pretty much what he did in this game. He, he came off the bench halfway through the first quarter, definitely looking for his own shot, um, but he played well. Yeah, he had a couple of long twos off the dribble, had a step back three, spot up three, driving layup. He's definitely looking for his own shot. He had like 12 points in the first six or seven minutes, and um, the only shot he missed was a end of the quarter heave at the end of the first quarter. So um, I think after that, he, he kind of maybe calm down a little bit, but uh, he definitely came on there trying to send a bit of a message, looking for his own shot. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's no doubt, you know, he can shoot and he can play a little bit. It's just, it just it just doesn't seem like, it is, I mean, I think Orlando has just decided that he's too far down the, the pecking order for whatever reason behind the other guys that we've got. I mean, we've still got Jalen Suggs and Gary Harris sitting on the bench at the moment. And if they come back healthy, I just, don't see where you can find minutes for him. Yeah. And that's been part of the frustration amongst Magic fans, hasn't it? During this stretch where we've been short at the guard position, that you've had players like Kivon Harris and Admiral Schofield getting playing time in, uh, uh, in front of RJ. And uh, his opportunities have been very far and few between. So I think it's a good opportunity for RJ to get some more playing time. I mean, the, I mean, the kid's in his fifth season now. And he really needs an opportunity to to showcase what he could do. We already saw in in the summer, summer league, he asked to go and play for the Magic in Vegas, and obviously that didn't go too well. But he's he's played well in the small amount of time that he's he's had this year. Um, but he's getting what the the second lowest amount of minutes he's had in his in in five seasons this year. So. And I also think because he's changed his agent, obviously he was with Mike Miller in in the summer and, and they parted ways and now he's signed with a new agency. I think that's probably been part of his 
part of their plan for RJ is to to try and get him into into the G League, get some more playing time, and then see if something happens with with a trade between now and February, which I think none of us would be surprised if if that happened. But he needs more opportunity for sure. Uh, personally, I, I was a little bit, not so much now when he's gone to Lakeland, but I thought he might have been a bigger piece of the puzzle when you think back to the the trade with Denver and you think about um, Cole Anthony's reaction, for example, with the thanks Denver after the game, etc., and how he looked when he came in and then where he is now. It's 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 a bit of a fall-off, really. Um, I, I thought we'd really unearthed a player who the Magic Brass were going to maybe build around and then I think maybe drafts, etc., um, have changed that a little bit, but I'm surprised. But I, I do think February might be where RJ finds himself a new home, and he's a player I like, so I'd wish him well. Jay, what what do you think's changed with RJ? Why do you think he's not in <clears throat> in the ma- it's hard management to, or the it's coaching? Hard to speculate, plans? like yeah, um, like I know there was a lot of stuff around the draft with you know had the same agent as Paolo um, with Mike Miller. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, we, we did hear last year, you know, in one of Cole's post-game interviews, he kind of said, you know, RJ's sort of wanting more minutes. Um, so it, I don't know whether there's maybe some stuff that's gone on off court behind the scenes. And, you know, unlike Atlanta, Orlando doesn't air their dirty laundry in the media. And so we just haven't heard about it. And, you know, <laughs> whether, whether, you know, RJ for whatever faults the franchise thinks he does have, he, he, I think he's done a really good job of staying professional and trying to stay ready with things like the G League. So, you know, whether there's maybe some friction behind the scenes that we don't know about, you know, between, you know, switching agents and, you know, maybe not getting the minutes that he wants and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, maybe maybe for whatever reason, Orlando's just said, you know, well, this is this is the way we're going and we're not going to pick up your option and, and, and the rest of all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, look, I, I hope... That he does, you know, latch on somewhere. Um, I, it's, it's pretty unlikely at this point that he's got much of a future left in Orlando. But you know, I, I think he's an NBA talent, um, and um, I guess we all hope that he doesn't just blow up big time wherever he lands. <laughs> Ends up getting the most improved player award, like Miami or something like that. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you uh, I just got to watch it, but I, I, I am. Just, my eyebrows were raised a little bit, but I think you're right. The point's there where it's maybe something has happened. We're just not going to hear about it, what it is, but there's got to be something behind it. So, and, watch. The fact that, and the fact that Magic didn't even pick up his player option as well, yeah. making him a free agent sort of tells you all you really need to know, I think. Yeah. My my eyebrows were raised, Mikey, when that news broke. I kind of, I kind of looked at it and I was like, shouldn't RJ be on this list, you know? Mm. So yeah. it's interesting. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice that we're all smiling this week. And we're all happy. <laughs> We've all got a spring in our step. We're all balanced. And that's because the Magic have gone on a four-game winning streak, um, which is fantastic. I think we're going to take credit for that after our little rant on the last pod. It's obviously inspired them to better things, Maggie. I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> on the screen. Um, so the, we played Toronto, first of all, in a double header, um, And we won 113-109. Uh, Franz Wagner made a real statement with 34 points. Paolo chipped in with 23. We got 18 from the GOAT, Cole Anthony, and we got 15 from Markel Fultz. And the Magic overcame a 36-point outburst from Pascal Siakam to extend and get these back-to-back wins. So, GM, 
going to come to you for this one. What's your takeaways on this? Yeah. Well, firstly, Franz Wagner, he is all that, isn't he? You know, um, he did absolutely everything. Scoring, ball handling, uh, being that creator in the half court. Um, his temperament is just, you know, something you don't get in a 21-year-old, uh, you know, second-year player. Doesn't panic, just the game sort of slowed down for him. Um, I don't think it was this game, but it was, I think it might have been the Hawks game. He, he just dribbled into the uh, into the paint. The defenders thinking he was going to pass it out and he just sort of just just lay the ball in. I, I think it was that game. Uh, so won the Raptors game. But, uh, you know, shot selection. Um, you never see him take a bad shot, do you? You know, some players, you think, mm, shouldn't have taken that. But Wagner's shots, you'd happily live with, with, the, uh, with the results. Field goal percent. I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here because I know we're going to speak about Franz Wagner later. Yeah. But, um, but you know, your boy Cole Anthony had himself a game as well. It's 18 points, 23 minutes, shooting the ball very well. Um, and his defense has um, picked up as well. And I think there was a, a quote when he was on with Brian Hill and Dante after the game. Um, I think it was something like that. They used to call me a liability, man. I don't want to hear it anymore. So it's good to see that he's. You know, listen. He's working on his game, um, and he's putting the effort in in places that um, you know we want improving. Um, but overall, you know, I think it was six plays in double digits. It was a good team performance. Um, Toronto made a run at the end of the second quarter. Even going into the fourth, they made another run, and then at five minutes, it was quite close. Uh, and the team, you know, real really showed character. Um, in be- being able to to rally and, and you know get the W, so it was a real morale boosting victory um, in a team we've really struggled against the Raptors in recent years. So um, no, fantastic, and um, you know can't say any more really. It's night. Nice. Cole's got a hell of a person to learn defence from if he wants to just ask his dad. Yeah, Greg Anthony's a hell of a defender, and it's nice to see. He was well recapped, G. And- Thank you. Oh, any time. Uh, so we play the Raptors again. We win this one, uh, 111 to 99. Uh, France leads the Magic again with 23 points. We get 20 and 12 from um, Paolo Banquero, 14 from Cole, and I felt an excellent performance of um, 18 and 9 from Mo Bamba, going the perfect six of six from the field. So, Jay, have you got any thoughts on this win over the Raptors? Yeah, it wasn't. The prettiest game was it? It was a bit of a parade to the free throw line. This one and uh, a lot of fouls called. And but I definitely think you know I don't know each one of these games. You know it, it almost felt like the Magic were just sort of maturing a little bit as we went through this winning streak because you know so many times we've seen a good win like we had against the Clippers and then there's a letdown game. You know and then it's really hard to beat the same team twice. Um, so you know we after we beat the Raptors the first time I thought oh they're going to come out strong and it's going to be hard to beat them the second time so I mean the story for me was the fouls but also Pascal Siakam so he had 36 points in that first game well in the second game with seven minutes to go in the second quarter he picked up his fourth foul and two of them were offensive fouls um Mo Wagner drew another charge on him as he's been doing all season and there was one weird sort of transition offensive foul with Terrence Ross sort of I think T. Ross did a little bit of a flop, but Siakam did touch him because um, Nick Nurse challenged the ball and it was upheld. So, And that was um, his third foul. And then he got a fourth foul a couple minutes later on Mo Barber. And at that point, 
it was 27 all and um, Siakam went to the bench and the Magic went on a 14-2 run and then we were never we never trailed again after that so um, but yeah it was what was it nearly 73 throws in the whole game um, between Orlando and the Raptors so it, it wasn't the world's most enjoyable game spectator wise but um, I thought it was a gritty win and I thought it was a mature win especially to get um, two in a row by the Magic. I've got to say, when, when we beat the Raptors both nights, if anyone said to me, what camera angle do you want of this game? I would have picked the one that looks at Nick Nurse's face. <laughs> that's, that's what I would have done. Because if you if you're in our, our little group chat on Twitter, I respect him as a coach, but he really, really, really just grits on me. So it was good to see him like losing his air. Uh, I'll see his marbles on the uh, the sideline. I really enjoyed that. But yeah, I... I, I Felt if I was in the Amway when I was watching that game, I'd have been thinking, what time am I going to get back tonight? Because <laughs> I just have all the free throws and such. So, yeah, it was a, quite a pedestrian game, but it's a gritty one and you're, you're dead, right, Jay? I think any back-to-back, no matter who you're playing, is hard. So I'm hoping Boston might find that out um, over the weekend. And last but not least, we've got two great recaps there. So the pressure's on Mikey. Um, we've got the Atlanta Hawks. We win 135 to 124. Um, we've taken our record to nine and twenty, which is significant compared to where we where we were. We've got the fifty point opening quarter. Wagner again twenty four ball ball uh, twenty one twenty from Bancaro sixteen nine and seven from Markel Fultz. Um, I think ball balls maybe is the the highlight here. But what were you, what were your takeaways on this, Maggie? First of all, I couldn't believe what I was watching in the first 12 minutes. I mean, they come out, punched Atlanta in the face, 50 points. Uh, like I said, Gary, franchise record, 50 points in the quarter. Uh, they were only one off the Golden State Warriors' all-time record of 51. Uh, 64% shooting, six threes. They got to the free throw line 13 times. I mean, <laughs> when, you, when you saw Cole Anthony get to the free throw line <laughs> with what? Was it 16 seconds to go or something? You're like, come on, you've got to knock these down to get the 50. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you're up 28 after one and you think the game's over, but <laughs> we're all Magic fans. We've all watched this team for a long, long time and you know it's never safe. <laughs> and uh, gradually the Hawks chipped away, chipped away at the Magic's lead. And then you've got a young roster who are probably feeling a bit too good about themselves after one and then the huge lead started to disappear and I think it got down to about seven or eight points. And then I had Sacramento King vibes, which you guys know I was at that Kings game when, in Orlando where we blew an 18-point halftime lead and then Fox banked in that three at the end to win the game. Um, I was thinking something like that, something crazy like that could happen. But eventually the Magic held out, um, fourth win in a row. They're obviously starting to show signs of they're figuring things out now and Markel Fultz is having his impact and that's beginning to uh, beginning to give this team some good vibes again, which is good. And, and maybe some premature tanking talk was uh, too early, so we can squash that for now. Um, and obviously you mentioned Bol Bol. Uh, I mean, he's going to be in the running for most improved player. Had the player of the night, the bench erupted, the Amway Centre crowd went mad. Um, and yeah, there's not much to say except if you haven't seen that clip of the of the spin move, the crossover, and then people were calling it a travel. I think they forget how long <laughs> Bol Bol's legs are. Um, but yeah, it was a great great moment, and uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those moments you love this team for. 
the vibe on the bench when that happened as well. It was just, yeah, it was that excitement that we'd seen before with the team, and I was, it was great to see it back. And and to be honest, even though we've had a bad start to the season, I think those vibes have been there all along as well. Even during that nine game streak, you've seen moments like that as well. Um, there's a real togetherness about this this young team, and 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 that's important. I felt the energy when that happened. Yeah. Absolutely. Can we add, can I add to Mikey's um recap there? I just, I saw a stat. It was before the Hawks game, but it's a stat of when Markel Fultz plays. The magic record is well, now it's forty one and thirty eight in his tenure. And without Markel, we are forty four and hundred and thirty three. Now I, think I know just to correct you slightly, G, it's it's when he starts. That's the stat. He, when he starts the game. When he starts. Okay, okay. But I know I bang the drum every week. It's because he's that good. Um, I'm just so happy he's our little point card. Um, <laughs> but also on that, our dear friend Jay obviously had his is this anything moment. So I just wanted to touch upon that. Um, Jay, how did you come up with that one? Um. Well, I, well, I know we're going to talk about my trip in a minute. And when I was at um, Amway Centre, I did very briefly get the opportunity to meet David Steele, which was amazing. Um, he was just before they went on, about to go on air. So I didn't want to, you know, hold him up too much. It was just sort of a brief hello. But I, I did get a bit of time with JT, which was amazing. Um, but anyway, after, you know, I came home and I saw that there was some other Australian guy who won a hat. Um, and I was like, hang on, I can't let this other guy outdo me, um, some <laughs> other Aussie fan winning a hat. And so then I sort of started this mission to try to, to try to win a hat on Is This Anything. So I, I, I started tagging him every game and I came up with some kind of weird fact every game. Um, and um, I think this was, the, this was the fifth one that I, that I did. And uh, I don't know, for those who follow my page on Instagram and Twitter, after the game, I do like a mover of the night. So somebody, a player that's moved up the all-time lists. Um, and, <laughs> you know, this goes all the way back to the real GM guys that you guys might remember. I used to do that on there. But um, after the game, I noticed that Mo had pulled into a tie with JT in rebounds. And I almost put that as my mover of the night. But I thought, hang on, I'm going to save this for the, is this anything? Um, and, yeah, finally, uh, I think David got sick of me bugging him every game. So, yeah. He gave me the he gave me the pity cap there on that one. So the, unfortunately, he didn't get the bell. But uh, I think there was some some pretty positive uh, vibes about the question online that I, I managed to capture the spirit of uh, is this anything? Yeah, I think eighty one percent thought it was a bell from the uh, poll on Twitter. Uh, I I, cer- I certainly did. So I, I think there's about five or six of us now who've got hats. So my, mine's on its way. Uh, oh, no, but what did you tell me before we started recording, G? What did I say? About the people with the hats. Oh, we heard it. I'm the only one who's had a bell. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was waiting for you to gloat about that one. <laughs> yeah, so um, Ian and myself in the UK, and then there's obviously you two Aussies. So this is costing David a small fortune in shipping these hats, bless him. So, uh, no, it's cool. I was almost as excited about just having the opportunity to exchange messages with David after the fact than I was about <laughs> of actually getting on the broadcast because you know he's such a legend I know you guys have had the opportunity to talk to him on the pod which 
Um, it's awesome anytime you have him on. But you know, I, I, my interaction has been very brief, so I was excited just about that. In a yeah. cost driven crisis, you guys are hitting David Steele's pockets. You should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Mikey, we have to get our act together, don't we, and come up with a, uh, a stat? Hey, Jesus, Stato, man, out of all of us. Well, that's your challenge now before the end Is of the it? season. See if you can get on there. We'll put our heads together. We've got like a brain cell between us. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Neanderthals. <laughs> right. so, Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I've got like one brain cell and only works half the time. So I'm pretty open with that. So seemingly the uh, the national media, certainly on Twitter, seems to be finally waking up to the fact that we've got a pretty good player down in Orlando by the name of Franz Wagner. Um, to the point that there's been polls run on some NBA Twitter accounts about who would go higher in a redraft between Wagner, Jalen Green, and Scotty Barnes, which we're going to come on to. But Franz has been on a tear this year. He's averaging 19.9 points as of recording. Um, he's 40th in the NBA there, 4.1 rebounds, 3.6 assists. In the last 10, this jumps to 20.6 points. 86% on free throws, 40% from three, and over 48% from the field, including playing out of position in an injured team and often, therefore, being the number one option for the Magic. So, without spoiling what's coming, and I'm going to just throw this out there, open. what's the thoughts on the tear that Franz Wagner is on and what is the ceiling that we think Franz has? Go on, Jay, you go first, mate. <laughs> No pressure. Well, I think he just keeps raising the ceiling. I mean, from what we all thought when we drafted him, um, continually just continues to um, get, break through the roof of whatever we think, whatever limits we think are, are on him. So um, at, at this point, I think we're all on the same page thinking that, you know, he, he's looking right now like a multiple-time future All-Star, which, you know, that's very exciting. Um, and, yeah, I... I love the fact that we we gave him the reins, you know, when we, we kind of had no other option with you know, Markel and Cole out injured at the same time and then Suggs with his ankle as well. And so we gave him the reins to try and play a bit of Point France. And, you know, he didn't do that well initially, but you could see the improvement. And, you know, I think that that is really going to be some great sort of long-term skills to have in the back pocket where, you know, we can turn to him when we need to. And we've, and we've seen the team do that. So... Um, and I think, you know, just he's just so uh, versatile. I'm going to give that word on, on offense. You know, there's there's not much that he can't do offensively um, and very, very impressive for such a young player. So, yeah, I'm not, not putting any ceiling on the guy at the moment because every time I think I, I know what he might become, he just he just pulls out some extra skill or trick out of the hat. So, um, but, yeah, obviously very excited to have him on the team. Well, Mike. All right, mate. Um, for me, I mean, last year he was Mr. Consistency. He was probably our best player last year. And he had obviously had the big summer playing for Germany in Eurobasket. And then you've started to see like the step back three, the Dirk fadeaway he's added to his game this year. Um, finishing around the basket is automatic. Um <laughs> I don't want to, there's not a lot else I can really add without going into the next topic. Um, but for me, 
I mean, <laughs> I, I still feel like even Magic fans don't give Franz enough credit sometimes. I feel like everyone still focuses on Paolo and everyone still thinks about Jalen being the fifth pick last year and how many games he's missed, but everyone still sort of glosses over the topic of Franz Wagner. When actually, you could argue, maybe he's that guy. <laughs> maybe Paolo's the 1B to, to Franz as 1A. Who knows? But um, And that's the other thing we've, we've began to see the last couple of weeks is those two are starting to figure out how to play alongside each other and play off each other. Um, and now Markel's out on the floor pulling the strings. Um, they're, they're finding their spots and they're finding their moments of when to score, when to pass and, and picking their spots on the floor. So, uh, yeah, perennial all-star, all-NBA. Yeah, the, the ceiling is uh, whatever Franz wants it to be, really. Yeah. And um, last year, watching him, I had, you know, thinking back to the 90s, that left strength vibes. You know, he was the same kind of, you know, played the same position, same kind of height, you know. Um, so I did a bit of a, a deep dive into that left strength's best season. His best season was 19.6 rebounds, four assists. But Franz is doing that already. He's 21. He's only played, what, 107 games or whatever it is. Um, so I'm going to have to have a little rethink, you know. That left strength is, is a consolation prize now, isn't it? Um, the ceiling is, like you guys said, who knows? He could be Batman and not Robin. So, um, no, it's absolutely brilliant. But I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast uh, a little bit earlier, and they did um, uh, trade value rankings. So, look at a player and they sort of do a top 50 sort of thing. So, beginning of the season, um, I can't remember if Wagner uh, ranked at all. But now, uh, I'll just, you know, just before we get into the next section, Bill Simmons, who knows his stuff, even though he's a dirty Boston Celtics fan, had him above Josh Giddy, Barnes, Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, Brandon Ingram, and LeBron James. Now, obviously, there's age to, to consider with some of those, etc. But, you know, I think he's a little bit of a Magic fan at heart, is our Bill Simmons. Um, he also picked and, us to finish 10th this year as well. Yeah. And interesting as well, Bancaro, uh, he had Bancaro above Damian Lillard, Paul George, and Trey Young. So, we're on the rise. Kingdom on the rise. <laughs> He's drinking the Kool-Aid, G. Yeah. <laughs> the Kool-Aid is going down. So, if we, if we extend on to this topic, um, Franz was obviously up against Scotty Barnes twice since we last recorded. We know, we don't necessarily agree, but we know Scotty Barnes won Rookie of the Year. Um, and we know, yeah, he's playing with injuries, but 113, 109 victory. Barnes was held at six points on three of seven shooting to go with six boards and two assists. Franz posting, as we know, 34 points. Um, he was on 12 or 15 shooting in 33 minutes. And then in Sunday's game, which the Magic won again, we saw Barnes with 11 points on 3 of 13 shooting and 2 rebounds to go against Franz's 23 points, 3 boards and 4 assists on 6 of 14 shooting. Minutes played, 36 for Franz, 41 for Scotty Barnes. And that kind of started off this idea, which there was a bit of Twitter talk about shall we say about who was the best player in the 2021 20, nba draft which you started let's put that on there 
Yeah, sorry it, about it was that. bait. I think it was a bait tweet. It was actually a very positive Gary tweet on the Orlando <laughs> account, which I innocently posted just to say, you know, look at what we've got. And then it just went from there. I, I would not post bait, Maggie. Um, I can't <laughs> hurt by this. Um, but if if we were redrafting, and I'm, I'm going to start with Jay in reverse order, um, what would your top 10 from the stacked 2021 draft look like? So, Jay, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, where would you be going if you were redrafting now? No pressure. Yeah, well, I was actually I was excited to do this. So, Gary, when you talked to me about it, because you know, this is the kind of stuff I used to do back in the real GM days was, was look over this kind of stuff, pour over the numbers and try to figure out, you know, who's going to be where. So forgive me if I've gone into way too much detail here on this sort of thing. So um, I don't know, maybe, I don't know whether you guys have already sort of discussed it in the UK group chat and you've kind of got a bit no. of consensus or no, you, you guys, no. okay, good. All right. I just, all right. So I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm cheating a little bit. So I, I do have a couple of honorable, honorable mentions. I just wanted to throw out there just guys who I, I wouldn't draft them in the top 10, but, I think they deserve mentioning. So we've got uh, Ayo Desumu with the Bulls. Um, I think he's, he's a good, efficient sort of player on offense. He's, he's low turnovers, but he's pretty low usage. So um, Chris Duarte in Indiana, yeah. um, he just he maybe seems like he's maybe regressed a little bit. He's already 25, so he maybe he was already peaked. And now he's got um, Matherin to sort of battle with minutes for, and he's injured at the moment. So um, and, the, and I had Santi Aldama as well for the Grizzlies, who... Uh, he, he looks like a bit of a player. He, he definitely played well with Triple J out early this season. So honourable mention for those guys. But um, I actually tiered my top 10 a little bit because I had trouble. And I, I think hopefully what the what the viewers here are going to really want to know is, is you know, where do we think our Magic guys fit in this redraft? Um, and I tried to be objective with it. Obviously, I've got the Magic fan bias, but um, I, I tried to look a little bit past that and – I don't know if I'm going to get strung up for this, but I really struggled to get Suggs into my top ten. I really struggled. I don't know whether you where you guys are going, but I, I just um, so I've got him in my fourth tier along with two other guys. One of who you guys may not have thought of because he actually went undrafted, but I've got him in a, in a fourth tier nine, ten, and eleven with Bones Highland and Jose Alvarado. So. Um, and, and because I got these guys in the same tier, you could argue to me, Jalen on top of the other guys, and I, you know, I could probably be swayed. But um, you know, I, I think with Suggs, he's got upside potential. That's and that's you know, he has definitely improved this season. So you know, he's gone from twenty one percent to twenty nine percent on increased volume from three point uh, land. He's definitely improved his distribution stats and his field goal percentage. He's the best perimeter defender we have, but. He's not afraid of the moment. We saw that in the Bulls game. Um, but his um, his style of play and durability is definitely concerned for me. Um, you know, he's, he's been injured a lot. Um, the ankle re-injury is a concern. Um, and I'm not sure what's happening with his athleticism. He's only got one dunk this whole season compared to, you know, last season. He was thrown off the backboard. He's, you know, dunking on DeMar DeRozan. So I'm not sure whether that's related to the ankle or not. So, um I've got him down maybe a little bit lower than maybe what some of the other Magic fans have got him. Um, I think um, Alvarado is a much better shooter. You know, he had 38 points last week. Um, and um, it's been a long time since the Magic have had somebody who'd hit eight three-pointers in a game. Um, and he's playing behind CJ McCollum, so he's on limited minutes. Bones Highland, 
Um, you know, you, you see, you look at him and you see he's so skinny and you might think durability is an issue for him, but it's Suggs that's been the one who's been out mm. with injury. And, um, you know, Highland is a, a vastly superior shooter. Um, I, I suspect Suggs is the vastly better defender than, than Highland. I mean, I don't watch many Nuggets games, but um, but Alvarado, of course, is, is a pretty staunch defender. And I think Alvarado may be just shorter is maybe what's going to cost him sort of in his long-term career. So... I think you can make an argument to me for each one of these guys, but I'm, I'm, I think Suggs has got the physical tools, the upside potential to potentially come the, the better out of these guys long term. So I've got those guys sort of 9, 10, 11. Yes, I'm sneaking 11 guys into my top 10, but, you know, you get that. Um, my, my next tier in front of those guys, I've got two guys here. I've got uh, Herb Jones and uh, Alfred Sengu. So two of these guys, sort of my 7 and 8. Um, I think Herb Jones has got him. Incredible two-way potential. Um, he's got a little bit of knee injury at the moment, but he, uh, but and so maybe that's the reason why his shooting starts to a little bit down. But you know, he's he's got that upside. He's got the length that, of course, the Magic uh, love. Uh, he he fit in pretty well uh, on the Orlando team, wouldn't he? So uh, I, I'm a big fan of Herb Jones. I think he's uh, he's going places. Um, Sengun, I think, is uh, blossoming second season. Um, he's increased his, his his points, his rebounding, better shooting percentages. Uh, he has regressed from from three point land a little bit but you know he's playing on a team full of chuckers down there in Houston so um, who knows what kind of habits he's, he's, he's learning but definitely a talent um, so that's my sort of top seven the top six I, I feel like we've probably got the top six guys probably all of us the same just in different orders and when I really dug into this I was actually surprised where I came out with this sort of next year and I'm probably going to be accused of a bit of uh, Aussie bias on this one so, um, <laughs> So my, my, my second tier, I've got four guys in here um, and I've got, yeah, I've got Josh Giddy at the top of this tier. So I've got Josh Giddy, I've got Cade uh, Cunningham, I've got Jalen Green and Scotty Barnes now in the second tier. So that's my third, fourth, fifth and sixth. Um, so I've got Scotty at the bottom of this tier, even though he was Rookie of the Year last year. Um, he's actually improved as a three-point shooter, but the rest of his percentages have gone backwards. Um I feel like he's a little bit dependent on others to get him his shots, especially after watching the two games over the weekend. You know, he's, you know, he almost was visible. You know, he wasn't able to get out there and get the ball, demand the ball, and, and have really much impact on the game on either end, really. And um, I feel like if the offense, if the offense isn't really flowing, then he, he may be a little bit of a dud player. So um, I don't know. I, I feel like his rookie numbers may be just product of playing on a good team with a good coach and a good system. So. Um, yeah, he's, I've got him at the bottom of this tier. Um, Jalen Green, I think, is the best scorer in the class, um, using that word carefully. Um, but very poor efficiency. I think he's a chucker. Um, I don't think he makes his teammates better. Uh, he has regressed shooting this season. Um, super low efficiency. Um, but he's got the green light to chuck. But um, Cade, of course, small sample size because he just had surgery on his stress fracture on his shin, so he's out for the season. Um, so smaller sample size on him, but he's, he's definitely regressed as a three-point shooter this season, high volume. Um, got good counting stats, but high turnovers, high usage. I mean, all of these guys, apart from, I guess, Scotty and Evan Mobley, you could say, oh, he's just putting up good stats on a bad team, our guys included. Um, but, yeah, so you, I don't think you can really throw that argument at Cade. Um, but, yeah, high turnovers, um, poor efficiency, it's 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 really hard to say which which whether he's going to move up this list or further down because he's out for the season. Um, 
And yeah, I was surprised to put Josh Giddy at the top of this list. Again, could be a bit of Aussie bias, but he's really improved as a three-point shooter and from the free throw line this season. And um, I feel like he, he does have, he's maybe a bit high on the turnovers, but um, you know he, he tries to make a lot of flashy passes and some of those turnovers, I think he's hitting guys with stone hands and they just fumble the ball out of bounds when he makes a pass they're not expecting. So I definitely think he makes his teammates better and um, he's improved as a shooter. And so that's that's kind of why I had him at the top of this this tier. Um, and I was, I was trying to find reasons to slide him down and because I was like, the guys are going to grill me for putting Giddy at number three, but got him at number three. Um, so my top tier, of course, is Evan Mobley and Franz Wagner is, is my top two guys. And again, I think you can make an argument either way for these guys. Um, I think Mobley is the best defender in the class, and I think Franz is the best overall offensive player in the class. Um, so Franz is incredible increases in scoring, um, shoot off the dribble, you know, driving, um, getting to the free throw line now as well. Um, he's got that potential to run an offense. Um, his three-point percentage is coming along now after a horror start. Uh, it's pretty much automatic from the free throw line, and um, he's also playing through this injury on his shooting hand. Um, and that, that Euro step is borderline unstoppable. So I think France, as I said, so versatile on offense. Um, I think he's definitely the best all-round offensive player. You, you could make an argument for Mobley just because of his two-way potential. I think Mobley is um, clearly the better defender in the class. Um, so he's a very good rebounder. Um, I think he should, shooting is a weakness and it, it probably always will be. And he, he, as a big, he's sort of always going to be dependent on other players on the team to get his scoring numbers. But um, I just I just couldn't bring myself to, to say that we have picked the two best players in the last two drafts because I just feel like that's bad juju as a magic fan to say we've got the two best guys in the last two drafts and then the world is just going to fall around around my ears. So gun to my head. I did put Mobley number one, France number two, but same tier, and I think you can make an argument either way. I will I will say, Jay, that a friend of mine's an OKC fan and he absolutely loves Giddy. And he's not an Aussie. So yeah. <laughs> I could definitely I definitely I've heard all the good reports. So yeah, that, that's a really good Yeah, list. I mean I just I was surprised that I put him that high. I just when I was trying to poke holes in their game, I could easily more easily poke holes in Scotty, Cade, and uh, Jalen Green than I could with with Giddy. The holes that I wanted to poke in there, I felt like he'd made improvements in those areas. So um, that's why he's number three for me. He's in a good system. He's in a good system. If Presty's seen something in him, it's it's probably legit. That's Michael. You're gonna have to follow that now. Yes. Well, I don't, uh, I'm well, lucky, I don't sir. Know, I don't know if you boys want to rip your lists up and listen to uh, Jay there. I'm not sure. It's up to you. <laughs> I'm not going to go through quite so much detail, um, but uh, so what was your top 10 again, Jay? Just recap it for me. From 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? You want go, go 1 to 10. Go 1 to 10. Okay, so I've got, 11, I've got Evan Mobley at 1. I've got Evan Mobley yeah. at 1. Franz at 2. Josh Giddy at 3. Kay Cunningham 4. Jalen Green 5. Scotty Barnes 6. Herb Jones 7. Alpha and Sangoon 8. I've got Jose Alvarado at 9. Bones Highland at 10. And unfortunately, Jalen Suggs. Staring sadly through the window from the outside at eleven. Okay, so we've got nine or t- nine or ten are the same. Not positions, but top ten. The only one I forgot that uh, Alvarado is a really good shout that I haven't got in my top ten. 
Um, so I've got Herb Jones 10, Sengun 9, Bones Highland 8. I've got Suggs at 7. Again, you were talking about his durability is the issue right now. And uh, we need to get, he, he needs playing time. He needs to prove that he can, uh, that he can stay healthy. Uh, I've got Josh Giddy six. I've got Kay Cunningham at five. I've got Scotty Barnes just above him. And again, it's not helped Cade's case, the fact that he's probably going to miss the rest of the season. And you're thinking, well, can he, how's he going to bounce back from this next year? Um, and you could argue, because uh, you had Giddy above Cunningham, I think, didn't you? So you, I, I can I see did. where you make I that. Did, yeah. yeah, I can see where you make that shout. But um, I would still have Scotty Barnes at four. I've got Mobley at three. I've got Jalen Green at two. And I've got my blue tinted glasses on, but I have got Franz at number one. Because I did make this like argument him. on Twitter the other day. He yeah. is the best player out of that draft right now uh, for me. Um, J- Jalen Green's a great shout, and and I agree, he is a chucker. But I feel Mob. So my top three: Wagner, Green, Mobley. Mobley for me is Defensive Player of the Year. Got written that all over it. Probably multi-time Defensive Player of the Year. Um, obviously, the the, the two-way side of the ball is he get. Thing is now you, now that they've uh, got Donovan Mitchell, and they've already got Garland. He's he's arguably the second or third option offensively for that team right now. So he's probably never going to stat pad enough to to be that offensive threat necessarily. But we'll see his efficiency. He hasn't he hasn't had the best start to this season either. Mobley out of those three. Um, Green. I mean, I watched the Magic play the Rockets before I come home off off of our holiday, and I think he put thirty four up on us and. The the guy the guy can score the ball. Is he an, is he an impactful winning player? I think that remains to be seen. Um, and and if you go on our Twitter feed, you could see me arguing and baiting Houston Rockets UK with the argument of Franz over Jalen right now. And uh, Fran, they they've both had the similar sort of jump in points per game from where they did last year. Like you said earlier, Jay Jalen Green's efficiency has actually dropped whereas Franz has improved and uh it was just a, and, it, and, and the tweet was funny because he said he never watches Franz well, I was like well there you go that that's quite clear <laughs> um and, and Franz like you said earlier he, he's been playing point guard this year he's been asked to do things that he really shouldn't be been asked to do being that number one option being the ball handler um but he's proved he can still play efficiently offensively. He's a much better defender than Jalen Green for me. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'll put my blue titty glasses. Franz is one for me. Nicely done, nicely done. Um, I've written a load of stats here, but Jay's literally gone over it all. So I'm not even going to just <laughs> just regurgitate, you know, say it again. Um, so let's. Um, I'll just go ten through one. Um, ten. I had Bones Highland. Uh, the reason I had him at 10 and not maybe eight, seven, seven, eight, nine was because he's a bench player and he doesn't go up against starters. So that was my reasoning for that. Um, Herb Jones, I had nine. Jalen Suggs, eight. Um, I get why you might put him 11. Um, I think he's come on a little bit better. Um, if we're talking starting backcourt, you, you might have heard the podcast last couple of weeks 
weeks, I I, I go Fulton Suggs. Um, seven, I've got Sangoon. Six, Scotty Barnes. Five, Jalen Green. And I agree with everything you said. I think he's a bit of a chucker and he doesn't make his teammates better. Then you've got the Aussie, Josh Giddy, who my brother, my brother's an OKC fan. So he doesn't know yet, but he's getting a Josh Giddy jersey for Christmas. So I hope he's not listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, three, I've got Kate Cunningham. Um, like what you said, Jay, you know, efficiency. Um, it just seems like he's forcing it. Obviously, he's been billed as the number one uh, prospect being picked first, etc. But I don't think he's lived up to that. Um Two, I have Evan Mobley, like what you guys have said um, about his defensive capabilities. And number one, uh, I'm not wearing blue tinted glasses, but Franz Wagner, hands down. If you're a player of the week candidate, how many times? Three or four times already? This Three times. Bancaro and, and Wagner both been th- voted three times each this season. Jalen Green hasn't been voted once. No, exactly. So, you know, the important people in the NBA are noticing what he's actually yeah. doing. Um, I don't think anybody else from that list has made it uh, onto that nomination sheet as many times as he has. And it's just a matter of time, really, before he actually wins one. So, um, yeah, Wagner, number one. So, uh, honourable mentions to Sumo, as you mentioned. Um, and I also forgot about Al- Alvarado, or however you see his name. Um, it's a good shout. So, yeah, it was a very good shout there. So, uh, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, there's not too much difference from me. Um, I think Alvarado's an exciting player to watch, and if he was on the Magic, I think he would have been a crowd favorite, and he'll be a crowd favorite wherever he goes. Um, my list, I've got Bones Highland at ten. I just think he's got that microwave thing about him, where he's going to be possibly a future sixth man of the year. I've got Jalen Suggs at nine, and I have the same. Durability issues, as Jay has mentioned, I feel as though if you tell Jalen Suggs to play with like broken legs, he would still try and play, which kind of worries me a little bit. I think Herb Jones deserves eighth. Um, I am a big Sengun um, advocate. I remember when we were doing the preview of this draft, it was me and Cortez who were kind of going, this guy's on Twitter, like got Vucevic vibes a little bit, I think, as a scorer. So I've got Albert and Sengun in there. By the way, while we're on that topic, have you seen his dunk from during the week? Oh, got ruled the one as that foul. was disallowed. Oh, mate, what was that about? That was crazy. The yeah, and they reviewed it, and they still said it was offensive after the I review, know. which was nuts. Yeah. Was it filth, Maggie? It was filth. It's absolutely <laughs> was it, filth. Or was it Mark <laughs> Davis, the official? No, it's probably Lauren Holtkamp. Oh, she did our last game, didn't she? <laughs> she did. <laughs> Both of them got Christmas cards from Cardiff, didn't they, Jay? Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> I've then got a bit of a tie. Um, I've got Giddy and Barnes together. And my reasoning for that is, is I think right now Giddy's the better player. But I also think we've seen what injuries can do to people. And by all accounts, Barnes is playing not 100%. And we've seen what it can do to Jalen Suggs. We've seen what it can do to Cole Anthony. So I'm kind of giving them a benefit of the doubt. I've got Evan Mobley in next, and I actually had Mobley as Rookie of the Year last year, and I'm a Mobley fan, but I think the point about where his game's going to get diluted a bit, because you've got Mitchell and you've got Garland, it just kind of lowers him a bit, and 
I still think Kid has that. He could be that guy, but again, we're starting to talk injuries. I think if Kid Cunningham was, could stay healthy, it would be a thing where we're kind of going okay, like how good he's, is he really? But he's just he hasn't he hasn't been healthy enough for me to go. That's the overall number one. I think Jalen Green is supremely talented defensively, but I agree with the points as well that he's a bit of a chugger. And I think he's got a green light to do so. And I think as long as that keeps up until Houston become good, if they become good with Jalen Green there, you've got to say, well, is that an efficient player to build a team around? And I will say, I wish Jalen Green was on Orlando. I would love to have him here, but he would have to know his role. And that means that Franz Wagner would be number one because I, I genuinely believe this. I think Wagner is the best player on the Magic. And I think Wagner is the best all-round player in that draft right now. Um, will things change if Cade gets healthy? Who knows? But I think for me, Franz Wagner, as of right now, December is the best player in that draft. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't even think it's close. So, so, so the three of us have jinxed it. Yeah. <laughs> I was the only one not brave enough to put Franz there. Look, I, <laughs> I mean... I, I wanted to put him there. I did, and, and it's just I, I think that I, I think that the you can definitely make the argument that he's number one. And and as I said, like I mean, I just obviously I've I've seen every game of France's career, and I haven't seen anywhere near as many games as the other guys. So sometimes I kind of am in that sort of echo chamber of just thinking, well, I'm thinking he's so good because I see him all the time, and everybody else is thinking he's not good because they don't. And um, maybe these other guys deserve a little bit more. Um, but it's just, yeah, I, I, one hundred percent offensively, just the versatility. Like he can score so many different ways. You know, yeah. the Euro step to the basket is unstoppable. Driving, he's getting to the free throw line a lot more. He's the three point shot. You know, the the the, the jump shot. Like he's easily the most versatile and all round offensive player. I, I I agree with you on that one, Gary. If we're just talking offense i think he's head and shoulders above everybody else in the draft for all-round offensive ability it's, it's going to be interesting where this goes and I, I think i'm a little bit sensitive to to it because i don't think other people have really watched him so it's kind of like the reverse where it's like we're going to go to bat for our guy because i do think he was massively overlooked due to market last season when they were talking rookie of the year because i do think he was as good as the, the top three so you know, maybe he's got a point to prove. Even on the all uh, rookie team, you know, there were some some voters that left him off the all rookie team, which was just crazy. So, yeah, I, I agree with you that he he probably hasn't gotten the credit that he deserves. It's good to see him. I mean, he has obviously in Magic fan circles, and it's good to see that starting to spread a little bit wider out there. Um, you know, I, I did see, and I think winning is what will do it. You know, so I've definitely seen the the the. The Franz positivity vibes picking up by after this four game winning streak. So I don't think people are going to care if he's dropping 25 points a game if we're on a nine game losing streak. You know, if we win in a few games, people are going to notice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it was Dave McManaman from the LA Lakers, if you want to know, who did put him it on was. that. Yeah. I didn't want to name him, but you go, Jay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crack on. Crack on. Was it Sixth who called him McMenamin? Yeah. Do, yeah. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> so if we, if we start just moving on, then I think that was really 
interesting and I, the stats drops in there and then seeing where we all ended up with it. But um, I think we can see there's like a clear elite tier and it's good to see that France is somehow sitting in the top, at least in the top two, if we're being conservative. But yeah, it's going to be interesting how the season pans out, which brings us on to, to trophies the players might get at the end of the season. So on the, the 13th of December, the NBA announced they are renaming their player award trophies and also adding to this so rightly, I would say the MVP one is the Michael Jordan Trophy. We have the Defensive Player of the Year, Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. The Rookie of the Year is the Will Chamberlain Trophy. The Sixth Man of the Year is the John Havlicek Trophy. Most Improved, the George Megan Trophy. And we also have this Clutch Player of the Year award, which is Jerry West. So, Mikey, is this, is, is this changing anything? Have you got any thoughts on the awards being renamed? Or are you just kind of like, meh? So. <laughs> The only one that make the only one that makes a lot of sense for me is the MVP being Michael Jordan. He's the best player of all time, hands down. Um, that's a fitting, a fitting trophy to have his name on. Um, in in terms of the design, I was actually listening to Zach Glow this week. I can't remember who he had on on as a guest, but they were discussing the trophies. And actually, the rest of the trophies all have a similar design, but the 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 Jordan brand actually collabed with the NBA on designing the MVP trophy, which is why the design's different to the others. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'd be nice to see a magic player have one of these most improved player possibly. Um, would be bowl bowl have his name on there this year. It'd be quite nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Sorry. Jim. That- that MVP trophy, though, have you seen it? I mean, there's a lot of good stuff about it, you know, um, how tall it is, whatever, it, and how many um, MVPs Jordan's had, how many championships, etc. There's a lot of stuff that points to him. But the actual silhouette looks like somebody's just going for a jump ball or something. You could have had so many different Jordan silhouettes, the dunks, you know, the Nick Anderson stealing the ball off him or, <laughs> you know, anything. And you've got this almost like tip-off kind of um, silhouette. I, th- I think I, it's the I think it's the details in that MVP trophy that it's things like I think the trophy something like twenty three point six inches tall yeah. as a highlight to his to his numbers and titles won and and just little things like that. But I don't mm. know. I, I was I listening ca- to personally. Um, I don't care too much for these sorts of things. It's it's the it's the players winning that title for me. That's the important thing, not what they get handed at the yeah. end. Yeah, but Jimmy um, Zink, who runs UK Chicago Bulls, has been out in Chicago this last week. I don't know if you've um, uh, had had a look what he's doing. It's been it's been really quite fun just watching what he's been doing and meeting. And he's had photos of the trophies, etc. But he jumped on a podcast. I can't remember whose podcast it was. But he was on there for an hour. And it was the day that this broke. None of them liked it. You know, it's Chicago fans. that they, they just thought the trophy was absolutely dire. So it was quite funny to watch that. But um, no, Jimmy did really well. So, um, yeah. So, Jay, do you, do you agree with the names that have been used? Or can you spot any omissions? I think the George Mikan one is the one that jumps out as just maybe a little bit strange. Because, you know, he came into the league as a star, you know, right from the get-go. He, he didn't really improve while he was in the league. So uh, I, I kind of almost feel like that one's a placeholder until Giannis retires because, you know, he's, I think he's the obvious choice for that award, but I don't think they wanted to name any of these awards after active players because I think he's, 
out of everybody who's ever won that most improved player award, I think he's the one who has kind of gone on to be like an MVP multiple level player and title winner. So, you know, I, I, I did scratch my head a little bit at the at the mic and um, I think he could, I know, you know, Jordan recognises the greatest player of all time, um, but I think he could definitely throw Kareem's name out there as he, he actually won more MVPs than, than Jordan did. Um, but I just, I don't know whether, I think Kareem has his social justice advocate award and maybe that's all Kareem wanted his name on, you know, maybe he didn't want to be on the, I don't, I don't know. So, um, but but I definitely think he needs a mention there. Um, the Clutch Player Award is. I just feel like that's. I think it's, it's just a weird one. I, don't, I just, you know, I, I I kind of feel like clutch play only really matters in the playoffs. So I just I just don't know how we're doing a Clutch Player Award in the regular season. Um, so that one is a little bit of a weird one. But I think it's definitely named properly after Jerry West, who was Mister Clutch. Um, but um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see who sort of wins. That award, as far as Magic players and who's got the best chance to win one, I think hands down it is Bol Bol. I, I, I was a little bit worried about Desmond Bain on Memphis, who you know arguably could have won it last year, and he came out of the the gate this year, uh, you know, playing incredible. But he has been injured for a little while, and I think that's going to hurt his case. And, and meanwhile, Bol Bol is sort of starting to turn heads. So um, yeah, he's he's definitely got a pretty strong case at uh, winning the, uh, the George Mikan. <laughs> We'll keep, we'll keep our eyes peeled. I think you're right. I agree with you on ball ball. And I think, for me, I think Cole Anthony's looking at that Clutch Player of the Year award as the season goes on. So, G, what was what was your uh, what would your take on this be? Yeah, I mean, it's players challenging. It was on Bancaro for the Rookie of the Year award. Ball mm. ball. Um, I was hoping maybe Markel might be most improved player, but uh, maybe I haven't had the jump that I was hoping. Uh, maybe. You know, had he not got injured, that last year was possibly his year. But going back to the name, six man of the year, I mean, Havlicek's is good. But m- more recently, you know, you got Jamal. How many times did Jamal Crawford win six man of the year? It was three or you four times, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's maybe too many sort of older generation players. Maybe it'd be nice to get, you know, a couple of, you know, role players perhaps, you know, who, who really took to be in the sixth man and you know um it's a role that is needed on every team absolutely absolutely <laughs> absolutely but i'll be honest have, sorry mate you go on i was just gonna say if you haven't listened to zach close episode this week it was really i mean he even brought up a fact that like defensive player of the year like dwight won it three times you got dikembe mutombo won it four times and actually one of the, arguably the best defenders of his generation was tim duncan but never won Defensive Player of the Year. Now, obviously, you couldn't put his name on the Defensive Player of the Year trophy. He never won it himself. But there's there's loads of nods to players there that Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace won it four times. Yeah, Well Howard. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but I think Hakeem's a bit more of a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A bit more of a polished name. He's a bit more. I don't know. Is in the I think top they, they definitely wanted to go players. for. They wanted to go for those big names, didn't they? I think for the sure. Hall of Fame, big time, absolutely. Yeah, guys who were won titles, and so I think with with the difference between Crawford for the six man and, and Havlicek um, was was Havlicek won titles playing six man, you know, and yeah. I mean he might have he might have won six man of the year like five years in a row, but I don't think they had the award when he was playing. So. Um, I, I think I think all the guys they named the awards after were like 
um, MVPs, title winners, you know, the, the, the cream of the cream. So then if we're going to sort of put Jamal Crawford's name on there, whether or not it is actually yeah. more yeah. appropriate, I, I, I think they wanted to go for those guys right, right at the top of the stratosphere. Yeah, definitely. And, and then you've got players that, Andre Iguodala, who offensively didn't put the numbers up, but as a sixth man for the Warriors, was a pretty big was a pretty big player. Um, yeah, there's one, one thing. One thing I would throw into this is you've got the MVP, which is the best overall player, mm-hmm. scoring title, and you've got the def- defensive player of the year. Should there have been an offensive player of the year award? Alongside. Is that what they're going for with this clutch thing? I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why. I, I guess the offensive player of the year award is it just the scoring title? Is that what? So I don't know. It's I, I imagine handing out the offensive player of the year award to someone who didn't win the scoring title. So I don't know whether that sort of clouds it. And then yeah, I would, I, don't know. I would rename. I would have the scoring title. I'll be honest. Is the Kobe Bryant award? Mm-hmm. Okay. And honor his legacy that way. Yeah. I guess it's interesting. I, I mean, he's got the All Star MVP award. Yeah, All Star so, MVP. Yeah, I think I'd have gone down that route. Just when you've got that hall of names there, I think I, I would possibly have given that to Kobe and put it into that bracket. But that's where does, we are. Does this mean we're going to get the Kevin Hart Celebrity All Star MVP trophy <laughs> coming as well? <laughs> Um, the trophy's just half as tall as all the other ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a pop. I'm looking forward to the referee award, the Grant Jones award. <laughs> the ref round. So we're gonna it brings us to our guest section where we're gonna get to know G a little bit better. And G, I think you're up uh, first with the first yeah. question. So do you wanna lead? Yeah. I will, mate. So G tell us how did you become a magic fan, especially in Australia? Um, I mean, it's something we can all relate to. So uh, it'd be good to know what, how, how you got to be uh, a fan. Yeah, I would love to know your guys' Magic Fandom stories, actually. I'm not sure if I know them. But um, for me, it was I started collecting basketball cards as a 10-year-old back in 1990. And um, the very first packet of cards that I ever opened up, the very top card sitting on the packet was a Nick Anderson rookie card. And um, I had the white pinstripes the flat top haircut and I, I shuffled through the deck and I looked through the rest of them and I just kept coming back to, to Nick and I was like, this guy, I like this uniform. He's the coolest looking. This is my team. Um, and that's, you know, that's all you need as a 10 year old. How else do you decide what team you like as a 10 year old? So, you know, and growing up, you know, obviously this is pre-internet in Australia and, you know, there's like the game of the week trying to follow, trying to follow the magic before Shaq was drafted, it was almost impossible, you know, to try to keep track of it. And so basically it was just collecting basketball cards and every now and then, you know, there's basketball on TV. But obviously everything changed once once Shaq was drafted and then Penny and, you know, then it was like staying up late at night to just see the score on the news of the game that happened, you know, eight hours ago, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> the pre-internet days were were crazy for trying to, you know, I, I remember finding out that we we – blew out Indiana and made it to the NBA finals um, like 10 hours after it actually happened, you know, and running around my, my lounge room trying to not to wake anybody up after I found out that we were going to the NBA finals, you know. So uh, obviously, you know, as an Australian, like trying to connect with other Magic fans over time has always been a bit of a challenge, which is why, you know, I found my way to, to Real GM back in the day, which is, you know, where you guys originally know me from. So... Um, but yeah, it all started from basketball cards and it's part of this trip to Orlando. 
I actually got to tell Nick Anderson that story. And that was just mind-blowing that I got to talk to him about why I'm a Magic fan and how he made me become a Magic fan as, as a 10-year-old. And, uh, you know, he loved that, that story. So that was just, you know, I'll never forget that moment. Well, you had, you had an ordeal. Uh, first of all, you're Geraint's best mate now, the fact that uh, <laughs> you both love Nick Anderson so much. Um, but yeah, you had an ordeal getting to the, the first Magic game. I know you covered it with your own vlog that you put up on your YouTube channel. Um, but can you give us a bit more insight into into the journey and what it took to get through to get there? I know it took a, <laughs> a few days, but uh, <laughs> can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely stuff that didn't go into the video log because I was just, at one point, I was just like, this is just mad. It's like everything, at, at every turn, I just felt like there was roadblocks being put in my way to try to stop me from getting to Orlando. So, you know, I really wanted to get there for that Dallas game. When the when the trip was first organised, I almost had the, the choice a little bit as to what, what game I, I wanted to go to. And, um, um, yeah, I, I wanted to get to that, that Dallas game and... Um, and I, 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 I didn't want to give up hope. And, and so my flights were the, the biggest thing was, was tropical storm, Nicole. That was the biggest sort of thing that was affecting the trip. Um, so I had flights that were getting sort of rerouted and, and cancelled. And, and, um, but on this trip to and from Orlando, my suitcase got lost three separate times. And the last time it took a week to arrive home and it was trashed by the time it got here. So, um, but that, that, was part of the issue because every time I would get to the airport and you wait for your bag and the guy tells you, oh, no, your flight, your bag's on a different flight and you're going to have to wait like a few hours for that flight to get here. And so, you know, I actually had to wait until 2 o'clock in the morning one night for my bag to arrive. And by the time and – and my flight out of Sydney was only like at 6 a.m. So I was like, well, there's no point going to try to find a hotel for four hours. So I just slept in the airport that, that night. So it was nuts. Yeah, a trip that normally takes 24 hours to get – from Australia to Orlando it took me 62 hours to get there. And, um, yeah, it was absolutely exhausting. So uh, it was I, – I, I actually got a little bit emotional when my Uber driver drove past the Amway Centre and I, I was like, I finally, I'm finally here. You know, this is something that I've waited for my whole life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I yeah, it was a sight for sore eyes, that's for sure. I thought nine, yeah. ten hours on a plane with a three was bad, but <laughs> 60, for, 60 odd hours, mate. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, the, the trip to and from was an absolute nightmare, but the actual night of the game was just, yeah. was to, to forgive the pun, it was absolutely magical. And I'd do it all again to watch the magic play. Yeah. That's for sure. And you're undefeated. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I've never lost when I've been in Florida. So <laughs> good man. So you just mentioned that you were going to go to the Dallas game, um, and we hear you had a gift lined up for uh, Magic uh, Mavericks assistant coach Daryl Armstrong, uh, but you weren't able, obviously, to to gift it. So what was the gift, and why Daryl? So growing up as as a basketball player myself, um, I was a point guard, and. Um, J is the 10th letter of the alphabet. So my, my number was 10 and obviously Daryl's number 10. And so I modeled my game a little bit on him, you know, growing up, like I was the scrappy point guard diving for the loose balls and being a big time pest defensively. Like that was the kind of player. I, and so massive inspiration to me, you know, one of the heroes and being able to connect with Daryl a little bit through my magic player history page, um, because, um, you know, 
he's often featured and, and I think he, he enjoys, you know, but people haven't forgotten about him. And that's part of the reason for that page. You know, some of these players deserve respect and, um, you know, I don't want them to be forgotten. So trying to trying to make sure that they're not. And, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to say, I, I, just, I wanted to, I'd organised to meet him. He was happy to sort of meet up before the game. And I just thought, I, I just wanted to give him something to say thank you for all of the inspiration, all the floor burns that he got, you know, all of the, the loose balls that he died for, you know, the, the, the enjoyment that he gave me. So I, I had a traditional Australian boomerang that I that I was bringing across. And I and the, the video log was all about this mission of me trying to give him this boomerang. And and all and I had to cut all that out of the video log in the end because I obviously didn't succeed in the mission to get him the boomerang, which um was a little bit sad. I, I when when it finally dawned on me that I wasn't going to make it to that Mavericks game and I wasn't going to me- get to meet him. Um, that was a really sort of low point at the, of the trip. Um, so that that was pretty rough. But I have I have since connected with DA after the trip since I've gotten home and um, I've actually I've actually posted him the, the boomerang. But don't tell DA that. I hope he's not watching. So there's a there's a there's a boomerang heading somewhere across the Atlantic now in the mail. Uh, hopefully, will arrive for DA before Christmas. That's awesome, and it's—I'm it, sure he'll love it. But he, I know what you mean. He, he was a hell of a player for the Magic, really. And I know going back to Real GM, you've really spent a lot of time, really like updating stats, honouring the Magic history. And if you're looking, like if Jay, before I ask my question, would you like to plug your channel just while you're on for people to find you? Yeah. So the Magic player history started as a YouTube channel, and my mission was to try to make one. YouTube video of each player who ever played the Magic. Um, so started right back with the original team and I've, I've worked my way through it, made like 40 or so episodes at the moment. I'm really bogged down at the moment making the Penny Hardaway episode, which I just want to make sure I get the story right because it was so much to do with, you know, um, you know his contract holdouts, the trade with Golden State, how that all went down um, and how, you know, the Magic were the masters of cap manipulation back in those days, how they squeezed Shaq under the salary cap and how they squeezed Penny under the salary cap and how they got Horace Grant and all these kinds of things. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my due diligence on it. So it's been a long time coming. And, of course, I've had other stuff on my plate with this trip and everything else that I'm doing as well. So Magic Player History for the YouTube channel, um, same on um, Instagram and Twitter. And on, on Instagram and Twitter, it's it's more so about um, what I used to do on Real GM, which was um, – updating the um the statistics and the all-time movers and stuff and you know the kind of player the, the kind of fan that i was growing up you know following the game through you know online box scores and, and basketball cars and stuff very statistical sort of base so that's the kind of fan that i am and, and the, the way that it always sort of interests me the, the research you put in the videos i'll just add to that is awesome and the one i really watched which i really liked was the bison dell one yeah. which i just thought that had to be right, and you, you absolutely nailed that one. Um, so you nailed them all, but you really nailed that one. So. I am pretty proud of that one because that, that that's a story that has been told a lot of times, and there are some inaccuracies out there. So I wanted to make sure I did my due diligence on that one, and, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that one. You should be, mate. You absolutely nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. So my first question then is, um, watching the video, you'll see the NBA Top Shot played a, like a huge role in your journey and the pack the packs and pinstripes community were involved um I, i've met iracer um i've met something baller and they're really really uh, honestly they're really nice guys like i i would totally back up anything that's positively said about that group because they are awesome 
um, what role did they play? Because obviously, uh, I racer Andrew is actually in the uh, in the video with you for your vlog. So, can you just tell a little bit about that? Yeah. So, Andrew, I racer, he's I can't think of enough because he is was the big driver in getting me to Orlando. So. Um, we'd we we basically connected through NBA Top Shot. So for those who don't know what NBA Top Shot is, it's basically digital collectibles. So um, you know, we a lot of us grew up collecting basketball cards, and I guess this is the sort of the next generation of that kind of collectible, where you know, instead of owning a piece of cardboard with a picture of Jalen Suggs on it, or in addition to owning that, um, you know, I own a digital collectible of Jalen Suggs dunking on Demar Derozan. Um, in that Bulls game last year. So, um, and um, being able to own those moments of magic history for me as an Orlando magic historian, you know, is is something that I was drawn to straight away. So um, that's what's kind of attracting to NBA Top Shot, trying to collect those moments from magic history. And um, the community built around the Orlando team is called Pax and Pinstripes. And Andrew is one of the captains of that. And so we, we've connected over the last sort of year or more and um, obviously gotten to know each other pretty well sort of online. And um, just the idea that, you know, I was this kind of fan that put this much time into, you know, my magic play history stuff and following the team and watching all the games, having the merch and, and collecting that stuff. And the idea that I'd never actually been to Orlando to watch a game and um, he just wasn't going to stand for it, basically. So um, he was the big driver in trying to get Top Shot to sort of make it happen and, um yeah, I can't thank him enough for it. So um, it, it, it um, as, as I said, the trip itself was a bit of a nightmare, but the actual experience once I got to Amway Center is, is this something I'll never forget. Like just even just just walking around the arena and seeing, you know, the big picture of Horace Grant and, you know, and, and once I went in to the arena, just seeing the court there, you know, just the kind of thing that you've seen a million times on TV, but actually, being, you know, just, you know, having waited so long. For that for that moment um it was just something really special and dante marcatelli man i know you guys have had him on the pod just such an amazing guy like yeah. I, I, i'd had a little bit to do with him over the years and um you know he he really looked after him so he came and got me and you know we're talking for a minute and, and he's like oh so have you met nick anderson yeah i was like no <laughs> and he's like oh let's go and you know just so uh, i'm just following him along like and just my eyes are just going everywhere and this was the this game was the first game that um, Vince Carter did for Bally Sports as well. And so, you know, I wasn't expecting a Hall of Famer to be building, you know. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was more excited about um, meeting the the old, the former Magic players like Bo and Q Rich was there and um, and Nick Anderson than, you know, the, the, the current Magic guys. But, um, it, which is, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's just like I feel like I've got more opportunity to to. You know, I, I've got plenty of opportunity to meet Franz Wagner over the years, but how, how many more chances are you going to get to to bump into Vince Carter and ask him to sign your jacket for you? So uh, it was it was absolutely amazing. So yeah, the um the Top Shot community, um, it, if if you're into the so Top Shot, it, it kind of got a little bit of a, it, there was a massive sort of wave of people getting into Top Shot, and then it kind of sort of went backwards a little bit because a lot of people were trying to get into Top Shot just to sort of make money from Top Shot. And um, I would encourage people if you're into collecting, so collecting aspect, if you're if they're kind of fan, if you know, if you enjoy basketball cards um, or collecting magic memorabilia, then then I'd give it a look. Um, and there's a, there's a really good community around it. 
Um, so yeah, that's 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 kind of my thoughts on, on Top Shot. Awesome. Yeah. So out of all your Top Shot moments, what's your favourite, and what's the one you're chasing? My favourite is uh, so there's a, a legendary moment, Franz Wagner, um, the it, the rookie moment against Minnesota when he when he sort of went baseline and dunked on like three Timberwolves yeah. all in that same sort of yeah you, know, you remember that game. Um, so there's there's a legendary tier moment of of France from his rookie season. So that's that's my favourite moment that I own. Um, Ones that I'm chasing, there's, there's only, I think there's only a few Orlando moments that I don't own at the moment. Um, and there's a, there's a couple of sort of ones from the very early days from before I even collected, uh, before I started collecting. So there's a there's a legendary, uh, I don't know if you guys would remember the game, uh, was a Lakers game, a, a game against the Lakers where um, we, we won the game against the Lakers, which is always makes it memorable, but... Uh, Aaron Gordon had this dunk where JaVale McGee sort of shoved him in there um, in the middle of the dunk. And um, so there's a, there's a legendary moment of that, which I haven't been able to track down yet. Um, but mo- most of the other ones I have, have been able to track down. So, so that, that legendary, uh, legendary cosmic moment of, of Aaron Gordon is, is one of the few that I sort of haven't been able to, to get yet. So I guess, I guess that would be my grail. Uh, but, yeah, my favourite one that I own is, is the Franz Wagner dunking on the whole Minnesota Timberwolves team. Uh, which is a pretty awesome moment. Awesome. Nice. We always get to get some nice moments against the Timberwolves, don't we? Cole Anthony's yeah. three as well. Yeah. That's one I've yeah. got. I haven't got many, but that's one of them. Um, so, obviously, being an Orlando Magic player history, can you tell us your all-time starting five, uh, Jay? <laughs> starting five. Well, we I'm, I'm thinking this, this, is, this is going old school. I'm going to guess this is going to go all old school. We we did this over the summer where we uh, over the off season I had people voting for their their favorite sort of point guard, shooting guard, small forward, and everything of all time. Um, and I was actually a little bit surprised that Shaquille O'Neal beat Dwight Howard as the the number one center of all time on that voting. But um, obviously, for me, you've got to try to squeeze both those guys into your starting five, really. Um, so I'm going to have Shaq and or Dwight um, at centre of power forward. The spacing is going to be horrendous, but I'm still going to have them in there anyway. Um, you've got to have Penny Hardaway at point guard with all due respect. Daryl Armstrong, he can be my sixth man here. Um, and then I guess it, it just depends whether you classify T-Mac as a small forward or a shooting guard. And I'm going to push him small forward because he was big enough to do it. And that gives me room to squeeze Nick Anderson into my starting five, I think. If you're looking for an actual starting five of, of players that could potentially play together, I think that gives you enough shooting there. Um, in terms of the best five players that have ever played for the Magic, I think you could could maybe make an argument for Vooch over Nick Anderson, but I'm not going to make that argument. I'm going to stick no. Nick Anderson into my uh, my <laughs> starting five. Um, what I'll say, Jay, is snap. Exactly the same five. Yeah. All right. Well, uh Nobody is scoring in the paint on that lineup, that's for sure. Um, and I, I, I think we've got enough. I mean, Dwight Howard's been shooting threes over in Taiwan, hasn't he? So <laughs> I think we've got enough spacing there to um, to make that work on offense. Uh, T Mac will make anything work on offense. So I think we're good. That was a great smile from G when you mentioned Nick Anderson in the stand. <laughs> I got to squeeze him in there. I think maybe in another in another few years' time, it's going to be hard to keep him in that five with with Paolo and Franz and the way that they're going. So 
we got to we got to enjoy him in there while we can. Definitely. So, Jay, we go a long way back to real GM, and one of the things we share a mutual love of is a man by the name of, of Travis. So, can we get a little bit of love for Mister Dina? Yeah, so I don't know if there's anybody listening to this who ever sort of ventured onto the Real GM Orlando Magic Forum back in the day. Um, it was it was the place to be, sort of. I, I guess after T Mac and bef- as as Dwight was being drafted and as we made that run to the finals, it was it was one of the biggest sort of online Orlando communities, obviously before Twitter and, and whatnot. So um, yeah, we did. We started a bit of a fan club for Travis Dina, didn't we? So we we had the the. Um, the, the Dean, Dean, team Dean and assemble. Uh, Any time he checked into the game, anytime he hit a three-pointer, um, we, we made out like he was the best thing since sliced bread. So um, that, that, that was a fun time. And, um, yeah, no, it was it, it, it was my place to be able to connect with Magic fans from, from Australia and um, being able to sort of interact with guys because, you know, whenever something happened down here, you know, there's just no one to share it with, you know. So being able to, yeah, Real, Real GM was a really good, Good platform for that and um yeah just we had a lot of fun uh on the on the forum back in those days i, I sometimes still, still check in on the forum from time to time uh, but obviously things have changed a lot with you know social media and stuff it's not it's not quite the the virtual hub hangout that that, that it once was but um no some some fun times for sure uh, i still do an anonymous check i haven't lo- tried to log in but i'd still wonder if my uh, dina knows best signature is still works <laughs> Yeah, I still wonder about that. So that's awesome, and I'm I'm getting flashbacks just thinking about that because I remember games where or well, Travis is in, and then it just be like the the board would just go wild. Yeah, you know, like keep me don't pull him out. And it was really, I don't know, it was at the nearest thing you could get to actually being at the game and having yeah. this, like you know like cult hero checking in, and I don't know, maybe he watches this pod. Who knows? He does. Hi. <laughs> so, <laughs> before we, uh, we we check out here we, we've mentioned there's a competition and there's five winners that have been selected and um, G as the pride of Wales would you be able to uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So Mike, Mikey's done the draw a little bit earlier of the winners and then I've drawn the, the prizes so the prizes were there was a, a Paolo Bancaro uh, player tee there was uh, two Jalen Suggs bobbleheads and uh, an Orlando, two Orlando hats. So the winners are as follows. So let's see if I can read my own writing. So the winner of the T-shirt is a Chewy Man or Chewy Mon. I can't even read my own writing. So we'll put all these up on the socials. Um, then the bobbleheads, uh, the winners for those are Lewis Rushworth and Toby McCluskey. And the winners of the hat... Uh, last one to arrive, and Cy Pierce. So congratulations to you all. If you want to contact us with your addresses, um, and then we'll get them out to you as soon as possible. Well done. If you're any of the winners, well done. It's a nice little Christmas present winging its way to you. So before we record our next pod, the Magic have a back-to-back in Boston. So we have a 12.30 tip-off. We hours of Saturday morning if you're in the UK. And then on Sunday, we have a UK friendly time, sorry, Jay, of uh, 8 o'clock at night. Um, we then travel to Atlanta on Tuesday the 20th, 
that is the UK tip-off time of 12.30 again. And finally, the Magic play at 1am on Houston, UK tip-off time again, that is, on Thursday, December the 22nd, when the second best player in the uh, draft, Jill and Green, will host the best player in the draft, Franz Wagner. Sorry, Mikey, I'm just going to get more flame going on. <laughs> uh, but honestly, it's been like great having you on here today, Jay. Um, yeah, Orlando Magic legend of Real GM and Twitter. And I know it's been really early for you getting up. So this has been a great one. So thank you for your time, firstly. No worries, guys. As I said, good to put faces to the names. I listen to you guys all the time. Um, I, I, yeah, I haven't watched you guys too much on YouTube, but, uh, yeah, no, so I know you guys' voices. Uh, you know, I can close my eyes and just, you yeah, know, I know you guys. So uh, it's really good to, to connect with you, um, especially, you know, just after the trip and everything and, um, you know, after the full game winning streak when we're all in a happy, good mood. So uh, hopefully we're, we're still in a, in a pretty decent mood after this the back-to-back here with, with Boston and um, we can uh, put up a good showing again against the Hawks and uh, staunch the Rockets. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. So thank you as always for listening and watching. Please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Orlando Magic UK, and leave us your comments. We will try to get back to you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and and Twitter at Orlando Magic UK. So from Mikey, from G, from Jay, and from me, until next time, go Magic.